one thing I remember about Earl, he had a girlfriend who was a Jehovah's Witness. So he planned a debate between me and whatever the hierarchy is in the Jehovah's Witness. And I thought I had lost the debate, but afterwards Earl said, I think you won. Why? Well, he came with a stack of books, and you only had the Bible. <laughs> what a difference. Uh, we've been friends a long time um, through a spiritual journey, both of us. He has encouraged me. I have encouraged him. There was someone else I wanted. Oh, yes. We have other Hondurans who are real Hondurans. I don't know. I can't see them now. They're the other... Real, if you want to know what a real Honduran looks like, <laughs> this lady has put up with me because um, both of her daughters were in band. And uh, one thing, you know, you, you learn from kids. Kids teach you. And her daughter, her oldest daughter, wanted to play flute. But I needed an E-flat horn player. So she played E-flat horn. And the next year she played E-flat horn. And the next year she played E-flat horn. All the time she wanted to play flute. But you know what? We had a great sounding E-flat horn section because she was willing to do what was needed. Um, I don't know her, how I'll get into the message from that, but... Okay, I know how to get into it. Um, have you ever had a, a phrase that you use all the time? And I don't see the people who are taught me some of these phrases. One of the phrases, measure twice, cut once. You remember phrases like that? Uh, I have a phrase that I use all the time in music class. Don't sing it, preach it. Don't sing it, preach it. I use this all the time. Uh, and I remember the teacher telling me that. Uh, it sticks out in my mind. I, I remember... Frank Barton's repeating over and over and over again, if we only knew how much God loved us, it would change our lives. I, some other people have heard that from Frank Barton too, right? Do you remember the person that taught you that phrase? Do you remember that person? If you do, you have been discipled. That's what discipling is. Transmitting ideas, transmitting thoughts. Discipling is not teaching a Bible study. It's not sharing a Bible study. Discipling is sharing a Bible-centered life. Now, we are not opposed to Bible studies. We do it all the time. Yana loves giving Bible studies. I have taught Bible studies weekly for almost 40 years, well, 30 years, uh, we did it. I was just reminded uh, that we taught Bible studies here in poolside, so you're home on furlough, teaching Romans. I still am trying to teach Romans, still working on it. Discipling, Christian discipling, is also sharing one another's burdens. This is a very interesting story. The guy in the black shirt uh, is not poor. He doesn't call himself rich, but he call, he's not poor. And he got one of these phone calls, which are common at times in Honduras. Give us money, or we will kidnap you or your wife or your children. 
So I was talking to him, just uh, went down for a cappuccino at his restaurant, and, and he said, don't repeat this to anyone. Sorry, this is not a repeatable thing. Um, he said, what do I do? And I said, well, let's do the, I call it the Nehemiah effect. Nehemiah said, we will trust the Lord and keep our spears handy. I translate that into my, my English as, we do the right thing. Do what is right. And then we trust the Lord. Or we trust the Lord and do what is right. So he started going to class, taking his kids to class a different direction, not leaving at the same time, and getting up and praying quite a bit before he went to class. Uh, this is a part of life. But we, we, we became very close tennis buddies, and we shared a lot. And the other one, I taught both these guys how to play tennis. And then they both beat me. I, I guess I'm a better teacher than a tennis player. The other one now calls us mommy and daddy. He lives in Bradenton, uh, living the American dream, has his own business. I will get his citizenship in just a few weeks. Uh, it's very exciting to see him. But uh, he was present when his father was shot. Father was the president of the university, and he was he was present when his father shot was shot. And his mother sent him and his two brothers out to Minas de Oro, where we were teaching in Comayagua. Joined band. Um, then they kicked him out of, because he behaved badly. And uh, years later, I saw him in Tegucigalpa, the capital of Honduras. And he was walking down the street. He said, hello, how you doing? He was with a co-laborer. And he presented me to the co-laborer. This is my father. And... We have a very close relationship. Now he, he, now he teaches me, but uh, we taught him an awful lot. Um, discipling is, is sharing your burdens, sharing other people's burdens. Discipling is just plain sharing time with people. I had to show that one. This is, this is payback time. Uh, this is, the only, this is the only pastor that I listen to. Every Monday morning I listen to, the, listen to his sermons, then write him a letter, give him my critique. They're mostly good. <laughs> They're mostly good. And he, if he doesn't like what I say, he'll call me up on Skype. And Yana knows we're talking because I wake her up laughing. Uh, discipling is sharing time with people. Not a Bible study sharing your lives, sharing who you are, sharing who they are. Discipling is investing your time in people. Discipling is teaching. I feel very, very fortunate that uh, I can be in the classroom. We teach music for three hours every morning uh, to some great kids. The problem is they come to music school the, these people here came to music school, and the the second girl from second girl from this way is probably the the best vocalist I have ever ever worked with. Just amazing. I thought, oh my, we have five people. We're going to have the best uh, quartet quintet I've ever had. And then the others tried to sing. Oh, my. 
You know what it's like, right? You know what it's like. And the poor girl that was is standing next to me had braces on, and this is her your post-braces party. Said, what do you want to eat when you have, after you have your braces off? I want to eat chicharron. Well, we didn't eat chicharron. We, all, we ate pizza, but we had a celebration. That poor girl, finally, the uh, five weeks before graduation, just broke down and cried because she realized she was holding back the quartet. She just couldn't stay on key. The girl next to her almost quit music because she, she realized she, she had trouble singing. The guy in black could not sing. What do you do? Well, this is my job. I'm a, I'm a vocal teacher. And he showed him, you know, one problem is your, your attitude, you know, that's, that controls the breathing. Another is you're saying the letter, the ah, incorrectly. You're saying, you put, drop your tongue, make your tongue hit the bottom of your you know, all this stuff. Uh, now the guy who couldn't sing, he's the one that controls our bass section in the choir that we have. He has to work. Has to work very hard. And the other two girls are, are now singing, singing on a key, and the, the one on the far, far this side, she, she now holds her own with my best vocalist. Kids work, but uh, you feel very attached to them. You invest your life in them not just teach them a class. What is discipling? I know that, that Scott taught about discipling uh, Matthew 28 or 11, Matthew 28, the Great, Great Commission be disciples. And he said something very in- interesting. He said, we are making disciples of Jesus and not of ourselves. And he's absolutely right. But we are making copies of ourselves. We are teaching people what we know, what we do. They will quote things that they've heard. We're make, like, and Paul says it, imitators of me. First uh, Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitators of me as I imitate Christ. First uh, Thessalonians 1.6-7, you have become imitators of us and of the Lord. You have become an example. This is discipleship. But that only happens when you spend time with people. How, how do we know that the, pro, the discipleship, pro, <laughs> discipleship process is done? Uh, I think the discipleship process is done is when the disciple starts discipling me, start giving me advice. One of my, one of my, uh, one person I call my pastor was a 12-year-old girl. Um, Espinal, she's a daughter of a pastor, but this girl knew how to pastor me. I was a choir director, but she was pastoring me, giving me advice, giving me care, just giving me a pat on the shoulder when it's needed. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give rest to your soul. Let me show you what I think discipleship is. When I first got to Honduras, we were out in the backwoods in Minas de Oro in Comayagua. The, uh, I saw this ox tied to the yoke, and the yoke was tied to a little ox. And the little ox was wanted to go here but couldn't, wanted to go there but couldn't. Uh, and I realized, that what a way of teaching. Now, if that little ox was smart, 
he would stop fighting and just let the big ox do all the work. And finally, he would catch on, and when he caught on, that little ox got all the water he needed to drink, all the food he needed to eat. He didn't have to do any better work. The big ox did the work. This is what I think of, of discipling. We all have been discipled. I hope. If we haven't been discipled, maybe we have not joined up with the, the right ox, the big ox that will teach us. I remember the people that, that taught me. Um, Bob McMurdo. I don't think anyone here can remember Bob McMurdo. Nope. He was the... Okay. Good. He was the the educational director, which means he was in charge of, of the youth directing, all the educational part. And he came up to us in the foyer outside the old church. This was, this was a parking, this was grass, I think, right here. And he says, you're going to be our, our youth director, me and Yana. There's my wife, Yana. Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, you're going to be youth director. And, and Bob would take me to his house, call me over to the house. They had a assistant parsonage down in Dover, a real old house. He would just sit there and talk to me and listen and let me experiment things, fail. But he taught me. And I thought, years later I realized, oh, he was discipling me. Oh, you're like this. Uh, I remember the voice teacher, and I quoted it at the beginning, uh, spent time with me, um, Bill McCauley. And I, I, I had trouble, and he worked with me, worked with me, and and. I always wanted to major in voice, okay? So he went back to Bob Jones to get his doctorate, and they put me to another voice teacher. And after a couple couple of weeks with her, she said, "Why you can't sing. Oh. And it didn't help because my first final, <laughs> first final, she played the introduction, and I started about a fifth below and did a glissando up to the first note. And all the judges, their heads went down. Maybe she's right, maybe I can't sing. But I remember the time he spent with me. I remember, well, Frank is not here, but uh, Frank would spend, I remember Frank said, downwind, 90 degrees, crosswind, 90 degrees, final, set up, just as soon as you make that corner. We fly model airplanes, set up. I remember that. That sticks with me. But Frank just taught me the joy of being with people and listening to people. Another one is Bill Wood. How many remember Bill Wood? Good. Bill Wood and I fought cat by cats and dogs. I'm interested. He was in charge of Boys Brigade, and we were in charge of the youth group, and we were always battling for the, spare, the free time of the kids, all the time. Uh, but Bill Wood taught me an awful lot. He taught me, do what you love to do, and, and share Christ through what you do. Do what you love to do and share Christ. He, he loved the outdoors. How many people have learned the outdoors from Bill Wood? Uh, we have, we had, uh, I played tennis with two guys. Every time we, we have a tennis court, I don't call it a tennis court with holes in it. I call a hole with a tennis court around it. And uh, some of the kids would, you would, it would, the air was blue when they played tennis. Oh, I made a shot. Oh. And they would say things I won't repeat because there's some Spanish speakers. 
And finally, when I started, I started teaching these kids how to play tennis, and they all beat me. But I teach them to play tennis. But we did teach them one thing, that tennis is, I don't have to win to enjoy tennis, because there's always someone better. I just want to do the best I can to get that next shot over. Do what you love to do and share Jesus through that. George Westerman, I mean, if you want to learn how to serve, <laughs> follow George Westerman around. And maybe you don't know this, but if you, want to learn, if you want to learn what it means to trust the Lord, spend time with, Bill, with um, John McKay. Spend time with John McKay. That's all, that's all I'm going to have to say. You can look him up, but you learn things from people. They teach you. Okay. I'll show you some pretty pictures, if I can get it to move. Okay, this is what sharing burdens. This is oxen in Honduras. Now, they, you saw that, oh, not there now. You saw that cute picture of the, of the yoke with the ewes on it? Well, we do it better in Honduras. You make, the, uh, make the, the yoke, and you tie it to the horns. It makes a whole lot more sense. You don't scrape up the neck. I think Hondurans are smarter than some people at times. But the problem is, you've got to make that yoke. This is one of my neighbors. And he made that yoke with those two instruments, machete and an axe. It's amazing. We have all been discipled by someone. I hope. <laughs> I hope we have. Go back to this picture. We have the big ox tied to the little ox. I was lucky. Uh, about four weeks ago, I saw my neighbor Alejandro with uh, this yoke of oxen. And I got the picture. And, and this tells us what exactly what discipleship is. The experienced sharing a burden with the inexperienced until he can get to be the big ox, the experienced person. Uh, when the little ox will go alongside, be the same size, they pull together, and then the old ox gets old. <laughs> Put a new one in. Now Alejandro, I will talk about that later at the end, Alejandro is a very important part, and that stick he has is very important. But I will talk about that when we get there. I want to tell you some stories. What I call discipling is, I can do that. I can do that. I, I didn't think I could. We take kids who can't sing, but want to, and teach them how to sing. I gave an entrance exam one, to one kid, and I don't do that anymore. I don't give entrance exams anymore. If they want to be in music school, doing the work, you can come. I gave him, and he couldn't, he couldn't beat out a rhythm. I beat him a rhythm, and he couldn't copy it. I played a note on the piano, he couldn't sing it. Well, sing a song, he couldn't sing. So I was trying to figure out how to, how to uh, lightly break it to him that he can't be in music school. I said, well, what did you do? What, what's your, you have a profession? What do you do? Yeah, I'm a cabinet maker. Oh, I'll take you to music school because we wanted to build guitars, and we built guitars that year. We built several guitars, and we taught people how to build guitars. One of the students was the guy in the blue, navy blue shirt. This kid uh, started music in front of our church, Bethel, 
in Honduras. I was talking to him and his sister, and I said, would you like to sing in the select choir in the in centennial? Sure, we'll sing in that. And he walked away, and I thought, how dumb of me. I don't even know if these kids can sing. Well, they sang. They sang well. Juan Fernando came to music school, struggled, but worked hard. Uh, then he was in band, learned to play trombone. He has taught more guitar students than I have. You probably know some of Juan Fernando's students. Uh, the church that I'm at now was the same church we had. I went back to that church. All the musicians were either taught by him or by his disciples' disciples. Is that right? Yeah. This kid has taught more people than I have guitar. He's now in Arizona legally, Arizona legally, and I encourage him, don't go to a Spanish-speaking church, go to an English church. Get your English. And he's now playing guitar in a, a gringo church. It's exciting. Now, this picture that you see with him standing with uh, five, seven, seven guitar players around him is the graduation of one of his guitar classes. And he invited me down to pass out the diplomas. And it was embarrassing because they said, we have the teacher of teachers. I thought, I don't deserve that title. That's a, that's a very nice title. I don't deserve that title, but I was a teacher. Technically, I was a teacher of teachers. Salud. This is I playing the tuba. That, that one year we had a, uh, we don't even have a good uniform on, but I decided, I, they didn't have a tuba player, so I played the tuba. And here's another. This is, we call him Teco, but his name is Wilmer Josue. Wilmer Josue started music with me when he was in fifth grade. He was this tall, and the guitar is this tall. Uh, he was competing with probably the best, the most intelligent person I've known uh, in the same guitar class, and this kid competed with him. He joined band. Uh, wanted to play trumpet. I put him in, in trombone because he had a good ear. And he now is the assistant band director. Uh, he has his own music academy. He teaches all the applied instruments at the music school, piano, guitar, bass, drum set. Uh, he could do the band all by himself. This is one of the results that we have. They've invited him to teach music, teach, start a band in another city, and he says, no, I still think we need to have band here in Siguatepec. I, I can't do it by myself because we have two levels. Now, Teco started band just like this, probably his band. I know he's in there. I just can't find him. Started band. He was a little kid. And we took him on, on uh, what do you call him? We, we took trips, and we were in a hotel, and uh, we had performed for the town, played Christian songs, and at 10 o'clock, they're supposed to be in bed. So at 12 o'clock, I was walking around, checking up, and here comes Teco, <laughs> sneaking out of the only room that had a television. Hey, what are you doing here? Well, okay, start. 
Well, start meant do your kulukas. Kulukas, I think the translating is deep knee bends or squats, they call them here. You squat down and, and so he did it. He was doing it for 10, 10, 15 minutes. And I said, uh, how many have you done? We're not counting. We'll start over again. He was hurting, but he, he was able to finish. I've got to show you the next slide. Here is Teko on the bus taking his own music trip. This was three or four weeks ago. I felt like a, a father sending his kids off to summer camp. You know, oh, there they go without me. And uh, the, the half of them are the music students. Other, other portion is from the band. And a couple of them are from his private classes that he teaches. He teaches piano also. And uh, he took them all by himself. Got back and I asked the music students, well, did you have fun? Yeah. What did they like? What did they, they like? Oh, they liked the choir. I had worked with the nine music students to do the choir all by themselves without a, directing, without a director. In fact, the girl that started them and stopped them was the girl that couldn't sing but now can. She directed the choir. It's all by themselves and they really loved the choir. And I asked them, did you do kulukas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what happened? Tekov caught us outside the room. <laughs> It goes around. It goes around. We do feel like, like we have adopted so many kids. This is the whole music school. Uh, and Willamette Josue is the one in the back, and I'm in the back. We, um, the way I like to see is that I can do that. And all these kids come to us not knowing... They want to be in music, but how you, what, you, what are they going to do? We have to teach them everything. We teach them from rhythm, uh, sight singing. In fact, the kids that come to our sight singing program can compete with anybody in, uh, in national schools. I got time. I'm trying to click the... There it goes. We don't always have success. The, this is a kids' choir. Uh, we started singing with the kids before church would start, kind of like they did uh, at the first service. They would have some songs where we would sing with the kids. And then they, it grew to a kids' choir, and then we made plays for the kids. The little kid on, over here on the front row started spending a lot of time in our house. In fact, he helped me build a porch. Uh, he would come down and I tried to teach him model airplanes. He didn't crash in a one. In fact, we made him the logo for our band, Arlington. And then we got a call. Arlington's in jail. What? He had tried to extort money from one of our neighbors with a cell phone. We spent so much time with this kid. How could he do that? And uh, we went down to jail. I got to jail before, 20 minutes before they took him to San Pedro Sula, the corrections. And he said, don't, don't, don't think bad of me. They, uh, they had changed the laws in Honduras so that minors with that type of offense were considered adults. So he was looking at eight years in jail, eight to 15 but he got to jail, 
Okay. When he got to jail, he started Bible studies. He started reading Bible with his inmates. They trusted him so much, they put him on the outside duty. He'd go out and chop the grass. And, and he, he got out in eight months. He's now at home, and uh, he's learned a big lesson. That's a work in process. This is our music students. They, for those who can't see the picture, they got six students. Uh, one with a Honduran bass. It looks like a giant banjo. Uh, this, this one we made. Um, I remember one time driving and saw a kid with one of these, and he had a sock on his hand. And I said, uh, what's that? It's a bass. Can you play that all night long? <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. One, five, one, five, one, four, one, four, one, five, one, four. And uh, so we made that. Um, the kid is holding that is now the the worship director at his church. The kid, too, on this side, is now in Argentina studying to be a missionary. The kid in the center with the bass is, has his own music academy. The guy behind him is the music director of a whole state. The one to his right is now a pastor. This is a good one. The guy with the clarinet kind of standing like this, cocked over to one side, was the biggest stinker we had in band. They called him Cuneo because he got buck teeth. Called him a rabbit. And he came to band one day, and for some reason they just started sharing the gospel with him. And he said, you've almost persuaded me. And I thought, rats. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not an evangelist. Okay. Well, he called us up two years ago. We were in Bradenton, Florida, visiting one of our Honduran kids. And he called me up. He's now in a Baptist church uh, serving the Lord as a, as a lame person. I have to call, jump to the last slide. Okay, this is discipleship. You learn from someone. You learn that you can do it. Do what you love doing and let other people be part of it. Just share Jesus through doing what you love doing. Now, you need to talk about the third person in that picture. That's Alejandro. Who is that? There's possible, there are various ways of thinking. The way I think about it, I don't, don't need to insult, this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes alongside helping, helping you do your job. Now look at the stick he's got. Remember what, what uh, Jesus said to Paul? You got, you're having trouble kicking against the goad. <laughs> That's what that is. At first, it's got a sharp point. He will jab the ox to make it steer. And then it gets to the point where all he has to do is Lay that stick on the right, the correct side of the uh, of the yoke, and the dot that you can steer. Isn't that us? Doesn't sometimes the Holy Spirit have to jab us rather hard? And then other times He just lays the stick on to uh, direct us and guide us. Are we discipling? Do you have something you love to do? Can you share Jesus in those things that you love to do? 
eating pie at the neighbor's house, playing baseball in the backyard, sharing the outdoors, go fly model airplanes, have fun doing music. You think these people just serving the Lord? No, they're also having fun. Do what you love to do and let people see Jesus. Spend time. Let's pray. Lord, you are good. I thank you for the songs we heard this morning. And the highs and the lows, you're always there. You're always controlling. Thank you for the opportunity to be, be the teacher of others. Because we have been taught by very caring and loving people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.